baby. Well, no, before Becky is born. And so I, I thought, well, you know, I, I just eat a bowl of oatmeal, cost a dime. Well, I just, they give me my ticket and just signed it, you see, and I paid for it. Give it back, and I turned it in because I had an expense count. And one day when we had a, a patrolman's meeting, my, they said, who's this nut that turned in something like that? See, the, the head guy, you know. Ten cents for a breakfast. So that looks real cheap on the other fellows, you know. Some of them turn in a dollar. See, two dollars for dinner, and I turn in t- just exactly what it was. Well, I said, well, no, there's no need of me a, a turning in. Uh, what would I do if I just eat ten cents? Mr. Fields, which was assistant superintendent, he said, Billy, turn it in a dollar anyhow. At least that's what the rest of them's doing. He said, you got to keep that together. Well, I said, I, I never eat, but just a bowl of oatmeal, and that's what I charge for. I said, oh, don't never do that. Well, then I thought, what will I do with it? Then I charge 50 cents for breakfast, and then take 40 cents up. I want to spend it, get some kids on the street. Some kids, you know, look like they need a little sandwich, too. <laughs> well, I thought maybe I might have... Uh, right, that was the company itself talking to me like that. That's a man out of the company. So I thought, maybe I, I did something wrong. So here not long ago, uh, with a patrolman, now they patrol by helicopters, you see. So he came by and stopped. He said, say, Brother Branham said, this tree's growing. I said, yeah. I said, kids play on that out there. I said, can we top it? I said, yeah, but don't cut it down. See? He said, well, we'd like to cut it. We pay you for it. I said, no, no. Don't want you to cut it. Well, I know the laws are right away, too, you know, because it's only seven years. And I said, no, I said, I don't want to cut, but you can top it. I said, I, I keep it top, but I said, you can you can uh, top it if you want to. I said, I, Brother Woods and I are fixing to top it. We top all these others along here. And I said, but we'd like to keep that there on account of the kids, uh, Joe and them, you know, little fellas playing on that tree. I went away on a trip, and when I come back, she sawed down and moved out. Ooh, what a suit that would have been on the company, you see for cutting that tree, you see. And so I thought, now, I said, Lord, I'm not going to even mention that, see. Whether if there is anything that I, that I, on that, sometimes turning in, only eating a dime's worth and have turning 50 cents, see. I said, if there is something on that, let that make it up, see, that, uh, that I, uh, that I, I put that in, you see, that I, and I quit dreaming about being a public service coming in, see. Because it must have been something back in there. We have to watch what we do. You've got to meet it someday. Kids, come over here. Your mother was over the day, Trudy. I guess you didn't you didn't know this. It's kind of a little surprise, I see. And uh, you're fixed to graduate, and we've had this trip out here together, and I'll go into a meeting now, and immediately after this meeting, we're going home. I thought it would be a good chance to talk to you all, and then also I thought it would be good to speak to the kids just a little bit before your graduation. Read a verse out of the Bible and just talk to you from my heart for about ten minutes. I'll step out of your way. See, um, before I talk to the kids, I just like to talk to the adults. Just a minute, the two, all of you. It's um, been a perhaps maybe a strenuous trip. It's been, um, but the experience that I've learned from God, I wouldn't take ten thousand dollars for what I learned of the Lord since I've been here. I truly believe I come in full obedience to the command of the Almighty. And I, I hope I can ever remain that way. And there's a, when I come, one thing was by a vision that I was standing above Tucson up here when uh, uh, a blast went off. 
Well, Brother Fred was there when it went off. And uh, they took a picture, you know, in the sky. And I didn't think much about it. I never noticed it. So it began to impress me somehow to the day. And Brother Norman, Norman's father here, told me, said, did you notice this? And just as I looked, right there was that angel, just as plain as they could be, sitting right there in that picture, see. I looked to see what it was. And it's time, same, about a day or two before, day or two after. I was up there. Now look where it was at. Northeast of Flagstaff or Prescott, which is below Flagstaff. Well, that's just where we was at. Just exactly. 26 miles high. Why, vapor can't go over, over four, four miles high or five, moisture, any kind of fog or anything, you see. Planes fly 19,000. That's to get above all the clouds, you see, and 19,000 is about four miles high. And this is 26 miles high and 30 miles across it and in the shape of the pyramid. If you've looked at the picture. And on the right-hand side, as I told you, I noticed outstanding that angel. There he is, chest out, wings back, coming right in just exactly the way it was. I never noticed it when he first. There had been so many things. And coming down the road the other day, there was something happened that spoke to me about the thing that I, I must do. And it's, uh, it's not my message. At one time, Leo Mercer said, said, Brother Bram, the time will come after this, said about five or six years ago, maybe seven, said, the Lord go to change your ministry, Brother Bram. And said, when he does, said, you'll probably just line up hospitals and speak them out of the, the beds and things. It didn't sound right, although I believe Brother Leo was trying to be sincere about it. But it didn't sound just right because, see, our Lord Jesus never did that. See, and he went into the hospitals. There was one in that hospital. Do you remember where it was at in the Bible? The Pool of Bethesda. Great multitudes of, yeah, of important people laid there, crippled, lame, blind, withered, waiting for the angel. Now, that was in a spiritual hospital where people waited on divine healing. And here the divine healer himself came in and healed one and walked out. So you couldn't expect a mortal man or a ministry to come forth and be any greater than that was. I couldn't agree with it. But as I started turning around, the Holy Spirit come up on me. I asked Leo for a pen. I got a piece of paper and I wrote it. It's in his trailer today, if you ever up where it's at. It's that old aluminum trailer where it had the loading outfit. Just as you go indoor, the shelf on the right-hand side, right in front of the trailer, laying under there. I laid that there. I said, someday you can pull this out. God will never change the ministry, but he'll change the man with the ministry. That's what's to be done. See, I, I know what I've got to do, but I, 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 can't, I can't do it in the condition that I am now because I've got to, something's got to happen within me that'll take God to do it. We're aiming to go back home. Kids are homesick. All of them want to go back. So I'm figuring on taking them back, Lord willing, maybe after service Saturday. And uh, so uh, go back. From there, I don't know. But I know as soon as that something happens within me to make me feel towards people different from what I do now, I'd rejected the, the people, see. And I, I didn't want to have no more to do with them. You know what I mean? What I call Ricky and Ricketta. They had, the things that they had did, I'd preached with all the sincerity and God had confirmed it in every way. And if they didn't want to believe it, well, I'd let them alone then. I was going up to join up with Bud. 
It's coming fall. Start outfitting up there. Wait in the wilderness. Let my hair and beards grow out. And if the Lord wanted me going for each, send me a word, and I'd go down and do it. But on the road coming down the other day, he stopped me. And I seen where the water was coming to. Um, I'm on my road to something else now. And I thought when I got home, I'd make what we call a heart-to-heart talk. Maybe put it on tape. And then, uh, and so that the public would see why the sudden change. Now, you kids, let's just uh, let's have a little word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we are grateful for this time to know that we're assembled here, the young and old, and the middle-aged. And we have assembled this side of eternity once more to speak about you and about the things that pertain to everlasting life. These young ones sitting in here tonight, some of them are graduating, some has already graduated. But I realized, Lord, something had happened uh, just a few hours before that great shock or great blast had taken place in the mountain up there north of Tucson when the angels of the Lord came down. I remember what was said, and especially about the young people. I pray the Lord help us to understand and may I be able to say something to these young folks tonight that will help them along the journey. For Lord, we all need that help at this time. Bless us together. Forgive our sins. And if anything that we've done since we've been out here that's displeased you, we pray you forgive us for it. For we realize today that we have no, no guarantee of tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We must be prepared today to meet tomorrow. And Father God, there's only one way that we know to do this. That's to prepare to see you. For by and by we realize that we are all going to do it. And we've got to meet it sometime. Either in peace as a friend or child or as an enemy. Far be it, Lord, that we be anything else but your own beloved children. Grant these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, while I was chopping weeds real early this morning, I found a place in the Bible I thought would be a good thing to read at this time. And it uh, may not be too dashing appropriate, but I thought just for just a, uh, just a few minutes to talk. I'm going to read this out of the 18th chapter of St. Luke. All four gospel writers write of it. The 18th chapter and the 18th verse. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and mother. And he said, All these have I done. You kept them from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor. Thou shalt have treasures in heaven. 
come, follow me. I think the word come, follow me, that would be the best advice I could give if I was talking to 10,000 kids or if I was talking to just what I am. It's a command and the greatest thing that I think that was ever offered anybody and especially a young person. Follow me. You're going to follow somebody. Uh, you just you can remember that. You're going to follow somebody. And the way you follow the person, be sure that who this person's following. See? We, Paul one time said, Be followers of me as I am of Christ. In other words, just as I follow Christ, you follow me. And now, at this turning point, this, this stage of life where we all come, and many times you've heard me holler, Ricky, Ricketta, and things, it, it's the age, it's the age that we're living in. It really isn't those people. Those people are people like we are. Those kids out here, these hot rods running up and down the street and carrying on the way they are, smoking cigarettes and drinking liquor, and girls dressed immorally and things. Them's girls and boys like we are. See? They're human. They love, they eat, they drink, they sleep, they breathe, they got to die. And they're people just like we are. And yet they have been, uh, they've been possessed of an evil spirit. They don't know it. Not because of, of the people, but because sometimes some leader that they've been following have led them in the wrong road. Now, you girls and boys know better than that. You know, you've been taught better than that. You've got better parents, sounder training than to do a thing like that. You know better. But they don't, see, because the churches that they go to uh, are modern churches, modernistic, and they, they just live for the day, more popular, and all oh my, what's the morals become virtue to them, see? So they, what is said one time in a play that I've seen down here not long ago of Sodom and Gomorrah, that uh, evil possessed woman said to, to Lot, what you call uh, immoral, I call virtue. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. So we're back to that place again. Let's look at this fellow for a few minutes that we read about. No doubt that this kid was born in a good home, like you kids are. He was brought up with good parents because it proved it. When Jesus uh, presented to him the commandments of God, he said, I've kept these since a youth. It showed that he had, he had been... He'd been brought up right. He wasn't just a snatch out and, you know, he'd been brought up to know what's right. Kids like you all are. Probably come up under a God-fearing mother and daddy to, to, to teach him right when he was a kid. Well, that's good. Maybe as a, a little baby, his mother uh, had high ambitions of him being a great man someday. His father's worth money that could school him and and gave him an education that he could he'd come out with a good education and be able to be something in the world and with the sincerity of this mother and dad uh, educating this kid and perhaps come to his graduation time like you are see? the time when he passed through his school and had his education no doubt it perhaps was a pride and joy of, of that mother and daddy's life. 
No doubt in them days he had a, a fine horses like you have automobiles. And a good dad and mother like you all got that ceased to eat. You got good clothes and, and a car and can and just enjoy life, just something like you have today. And a father and mother with the praying constantly that that their son would not turn out just an ordinary man, that he'd be an extraordinary man. All parents want that. Did you hear Jesus refer to that commandment? Honor the father and mother and stop. And that's the ambition of any parent, to do the best for their children to can, educate them, give them things maybe that they wasn't able to get. That's what I feel about my children. I think sometime in going to school, I think send Becky and Sarah and Joseph into these high schools and things where uh, all this go-on's at. I think I'll take them and get back into the mountain and, and raise them up there if they'd, like the Indians live. But here's what it is. What's in the kids going to come out? And no matter where it is, it's, got, it's going to come out. If it's evil in there, it'll come out in the Indian camp. If it's good in there, it'll come out in any camp. See? It's what's in the kid, the makeup of the kid. What's on the inside of you. And what you are now is what you'll probably be the rest of your life. You're on the changing spot. Do you know what? Eighty-six percent of the conversions to Jesus Christ is done before 21 years old. Show the statistics shows it. Eighty-six percent that come to Christ come before they're 21. You be, if you pass that age, you become more molded or set in your ways. Well, it's possible, sure, they come 70 and 80 years old, but it's very rare. You make yourself when you're young. You set your ambitions to what you want to do and what you're trying to achieve in life. You think of it. And as you think, of course, your mind is presented into your mind by an unknown something that, that dominates your mind. And then when it becomes in your mind, then you speak it that you're going to do it and then your ambitions drive you to it. So mother and father expecting this young man to his ambitions to be great, enough money to carry it out. And then no doubt prayed that this, this young lad would, would get that opportunity you see, they, they had done all they could do. He'd maybe have him fine horses and, and maybe he's very popular amongst the women and if what would go for a man would be for a woman, vice versa. Because we're talking about human life, souls, both men and women. And then, after all this opportunity the boy had, see, he'd become on Easy Street, we call it, on a place where he, he didn't have to worry about too much. His parents had money. He had, he has very, he become a ruler. The Bible refers to it here uh, the, as a young, rich young ruler. And we see he be at a young age, maybe in his teenage, just out of school, just out of graduation, maybe a few weeks before or something, he become a, he's a ruler. And, uh, he had all that hearts could desire. And the boy wasn't no modern Ricky. He's a fine kid. I believe when Luke wrote about it, or Mark, I believe it was, Jesus looked at him and sighed because he loved him. There's something about the kid that was a nice personality hooked with this kid. Where did he come from? I have a nice family who taught him the commandments of God and seen that he kept them. And he did it from his youth up. 
And the boy had an ambition. He wanted eternal life. He said, a good master, what could I do to inherit eternal life? See, with all you got in the world, yet the soul on the inside of you tells you there's something that you need that you haven't got just by wealth or it always had to be wealth. It could be pop or some pretty girl. She's got her beauty that she can think of. Maybe she's very popper in school. Maybe the boy can get any girl he wants. He feels that he's kind of secured. That's not security. It'll fade just like the flower in the field. See, it'll go. It won't be long. Just a few turns of sun, that's gone. Then you've got a soul that has to live eternally. And this young kid must have had a nice personality because he presented himself to the Lord Jesus knowing he bowed upon his knee. He said, Good Master, what could I do to have eternal life? He said, Why do you call me good? He said, When you know there's only one good and that's God. See, what did the young man express in this? That he was God. He said, Thou knowest the commandments, keep them. So he said, What commandments, Master? He said, The commandments of honor the father and mother and so forth. He said, This I've done from youth up. See, I've did this. He said, Yet you're liking one thing. Go sell what you have and distribute to the poor and follow me. What an opportunity. That could have been Peter, James, or John. One of them. See, the kid had been trained and brought up right and been presented to Christ to use him and all the potentials that he had in him to use probably educated, young, rich, influence where he could have presented the gospel and yet turned it down. What a, what a rational thing that was for that young boy. See? Follow me. Now see, he had to follow someone. Now he had to either follow the influence of the people he's associated with the influence of some young lady, the some influence of a gang of boys that he is associated with, his colleagues in school, or follow Jesus Christ. And all of his goodness, yet he knew he didn't have eternal life. Kids, that's what you got to think about. See? Now look at the boy tonight. What he could have been and what he is. What he is tonight, he's somewhere. He is a man. He's somewhere. He's waiting a judgment. He's waiting to face the judgment of that day, turning down the same opportunities presented to you kids, almost under the same circumstance. Fine kids, good personality, fine fathers and mothers, what you have. Don't even have to work unless you want to. See? But there's something else that goes with that. And something goes with that. That word tonight never dies. It's still a challenge to every young man, every young woman. Follow me. See, words don't die. Whenever you speak anything, you just remember. Whether it's in your car in the secret, whether it's in the pulpit, whether it's uh, down the street corner with your boyfriend or girlfriend, wherever it is, it never dies. It's, it's got to live forever. And I seen that girl that I, the other night in the vision, a young, pretty girl, a Hollywood actress, and I seen her dying, reaching, trying to get to help, and she died in a heart attack, Miss Monroe. And then that's been two years ago, and I seen her dying. And two days later, she did die. 
And then the other night I heard that girl's voice. How? The kids had been telling me, Daddy, you go down that river, no return all the time. Said they got a play like that on tonight. They told me a certain night it would be on a week or two ahead of time. And I thought, well, uh, I want to see that because I've been down that river two or three times, about five times, I think. But I, I went to see it, and Miss Marilyn Monroe acted that out. Well, that was the girl I saw in the vision. And there she was in picture, and the actions, the very act that she made on the river of no return, which you took that picture perhaps 15 years ago, it was an old picture, maybe 20 years ago. And she's been dead two years, and there she is again alive. Every action and every word. See? It's still so caught in magnetic tape until it's alive again. Not only that, but everything that we say is alive. Every word that we speak cannot die. Coming through the room is words now, forms of people. Television picks it up. You can speak right here and they hear you around the world that same second, even before you can hear it in this room, it goes around the world by electronic. And God's great screen picks that up. And every move and every act that you make, you've got to meet it at the judgment. So, young fellow, it's a good thing to stop. Think about these things, see, because you're going to meet it again. Let's trace this young man, the opportunity he had, and put yourself in his place. And a girl the same as this, Becky, Marilyn. Just like, just the same as you stand in his place and you can hear that voice which is still alive. It's still alive. It's still moving. Science says in 20 years from now they'll pick up his literal voice. They spoke 2,000 years ago. It's still alive like a pebble dropped in the ocean. The wave never ceases. It goes to the shore thousands of miles and turns back. When a voice is once spoken to the air like that, it never dies. There ain't nothing you say at the judgment. It's right there. There will be the voice of Jesus Christ bidding that young man, follow me. And him turning away on the screen, sorrowful because he had great possession. See, we might not be, it always has to be money. It can be other things. See, anything we hold dear, then we do that call. See, it becomes lack of money to us. It becomes something that corrupts us. Now, let's follow him a little bit. What happens when he turns away? He didn't listen to that voice of Christ. He went with his friends, which you kids, you're all fine kids, and you're bound to have friends. But watch what kind of friend you have. If that friend's following Christ, go with that friend. Follow Christ too. But if it don't, don't do it. Let's look at him. We find out he perhaps kept his friends. He become a great ruler. He was a ruler then. Later we find him so prosperous until he he had to build extra barns to put his stuff in. And then he said to himself after he got old and the cares of young life and things has passed, all he'd done maybe was entertain. And when an old man or an old woman like me my wife, your mothers and dad, there isn't hardly anything that they can think of. They can't, don't want to get out and, and run up and down the streets, you know, as, as young fellows would and young women. Dates and who's going to be your wife or your husband. Or, see, they don't have that in their mind. They, they got children they are interested. That's going to be you all tomorrow, if there is a tomorrow. 
And uh, see, the fellow then with maybe, maybe he never even got married. And however, he was a great ruler. And he set up on, and as it is in Jerusalem yet today, they eat on the housetop this time of day when it gets cool out in the evening. And we find another character pictured with him, a beggar. And the man from being raised uh, to honor the neighbor and do unto others as have others to do unto you. See, by rejecting that call of Christ, finally it looked like a boy had been raised in a home like that that would never got away from him, but it did. It did. And there laid a man at the gate by the name of Lazarus begging him for food. And vainly he would have eaten the crumbs that he swept off, not even to the beggar, but to the dogs. It was full of sores. But the man had been so polished in society then, he had no more feelings. He'd become numb because he'd rejected that offer of Christ. And maybe one evening this time, making his toast with fine wines and lovely women's jeweled around him and things like that with all his hearts could desire and toasting a beggar laying at the gate and before daylight dawned the next morning, he was in hell screaming for that Lazarus to come put water on his tongue. The change of the scene. And you notice when he said, Father Abraham, now he still remembered that Abraham was the father of the Jews. He said, Father Abraham, send that beggar, Lazarus, down here with a little water on his fingers to put on my lips. These flames are tormenting. And he said, uh, and Abraham said, it's, I can't do that in so many words. And besides all this, you see, you had your opportunity in life. When did he have it? When Jesus said, follow me. But he turned it down. He went the way that he could make money, and that's all right, nothing wrong with making money. But follow Jesus while you're doing it. See, and he went the other way with the crowd. And you find out, he said, Abraham said, and besides all this, there's a gulf fixed between you and he. That no man has ever crossed over and never will. Them that are there cannot come here and these here cannot go there. It's been fixed. No man has crossed or will cross. And then listen to him. He wants to be an evangelist then. The call that Jesus had given him to, to follow him had, and to be a soul winner as a young man returned to him again. He remembered it. That he had five brothers and back on earth. And he didn't want them in that place. He said, send Lazarus then back to tell my brothers not to come this way. In other words, accept the call to follow me. But he said, they, they won't do it. He said, yes, if one would raise from the dead, like Lazarus, and go back and tell him, you see, it shows that after we die, you're still conscious. He remembered. Abraham said, son... Remember in your days. See? You still remember. You don't lose your memory. You remember. And the memories that man could have and still in the same place. Remember. The opportunity he had of hearing Jesus say, Follow me. But he followed the wrong person, the wrong crowd. He got in the wrong crowd and went to the wrong place. End up in the wrong eternity. Be annihilated at that day from God. Forever. Jesus also said a great striking word. Though one raised from the dead and go back, 
yet they would not be persuaded because they've got Moses and the law. And if they won't hear that, then they won't hear, though one would be raised from the dead, they will not be persuaded. Why? Why did the law speak something like that? Yes. Do to others as you'd have them do unto you, and he had lived under the law. But he let the beggar die at the gate. See? He had, he had lived under the commandments of God and yet failed to see that great eternal life. Kids, each one seemed like mine. Each one seemed like my sons and daughters in one way you are. See? Spiritually speaking. That's right. The Lord God has, has put your souls into my care. Because you come listen to me, you believe me. And in one sense, the words, you are my sons and daughters. That's right. And always remember, keeping the commandments of God is a great thing. Being raised in a good home is a heritage from God. And to be fine kids with personalities as you have, good. Wonderful to have an education. It's wonderful to even live in this free land. We've got many things to be thankful for, but there's one thing that you just don't inherit. You've got to accept it. That's eternal life. And you only do that by following Jesus by a born-again experience. Don't neglect that. A little story one time I heard of a man who was, all, he was poor and he... He always wanted to... It's a little fairy story like. It always stuck with me, though. And one day he picked a flower, and the flower was magic. And the flower answered to him and said, You've been poor all your life. He said, Now, um, uh, ask what you will, and it will be given to you. He said that yonder's mountain would open up, and I could go therein and find the gold in the mountain. Well, uh, he said, you will have to take me with you wherever you go. You'll have to take me with you. So, wherever I am, then you can ask what you will. He walked to the mountain, and the mountain opened up, and he went in the shells was full of gold and diamonds, as the little fairy story goes. He laid the flower down on a, on a table or a rock, and he ran and grabbed a great big gem, and he uh, said, I must go show this to my friends. And now I'm a rich man. I have everything now. I must show this. And so the flower spoke but said, you have forgot the main thing. So he runs back and picks up said, well, uh, maybe I'll, I'll get a piece of gold. I'll get a piece of silver. And so he said, uh, I'll, uh, I'll hurry out to tell the people how rich I am. What all I've got. And he got to the door and the flower said, but you forgot the main thing. So he runs back again. He said, in here we find all kinds of materials. So he picked up a, a stone. He said, I'll go take this stone and show the people what kind of a stone this mountain's made out of so I can find my way back to it. See? And he started out the door and the flower said, for the, it's final time, you have forgot the main thing. Oh, he said, oh, shut up. See, he didn't want to hear it anymore. Forgot the main thing. And he ran out the door. And when he did, the door closed behind him with the flower on the inside. The main thing was the flower. See, 
the main thing was the flower. Years ago, as a kid, as you all are, uh, here, cattle ranch above here, above Phoenix, I was reading a piece of prospect, uh, a paper about a prospector. Then there was no roads through here, then just little sand paths. They still do a lot of prospecting in here, you know. But this prospector had come in and he found a lot of money and he struck a lot of gold and on his road in he stayed in a cabin he'd found and he had a dog with him and uh, the dog he tied up on the outside and that night had been an outlaw found him to get this gold he'd picked it up from the old Spanish mines and he was um, coming in with it and uh, the dog started barking and the man didn't want to be bothered with that dog he said uh, shut up he said, tomorrow I'll take this into to the city and I'll, the morals of the story was this and I'll have it uh, weighed up and I'll be a rich man and I'll, I'll buy great cars and I'll have all kinds of women and big parties and I'll be a rich man because I've already struck the claim. I've got the gold here, much of it. And said, ah, and while he was trying to go to sleep the dog kept barking because the dog seen the outlaw coming up slipping up waiting for the prospector to go to sleep he raised up again and screamed at the dog again said shut up and the poor dog whined and tried to warn his master the danger was alert lurking and when he the next time when the dog started barking the prospector had a shotgun he didn't want to be bothered so he just raised up and shot the dog and the prospector was killed that night by the outlaw all these fancy dreams done him no good why he stilled the voice that was warning him there's nobody can try to do anything you kids would never be able to do anything wrong after being raised the way you are unless you feel something tell you not to do it I don't never still that voice that's warning you and always remember except that voice that said follow me and you'll always come out right I believe you will I got confidence in you but just always remember at Jesus that voice is alive in the earth tonight just the same as every voice every word we spoke is still alive when that voice goes out on that ether wave of the air the, see you've got a transmitter here that sends it out you are the transmitter that sends it out now it takes a station to pick it up and Jesus was the transmitter of God's word for he was the the triunity of God manifested in one man. He was complete God and complete man. In the Trinity of God, the Trinity of the attributes of God as being Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was represented in that one man, Jesus Christ. So there he was the Word. And he was the transmitter that said, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has eternal life. See? Verily I say unto you, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath eternal life. Now that words went out from a transmitter. He said one day, Verily I say unto you, If you say to this mountain, Be moved and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you have said will come to pass, you can have what you said. Now, if you can just be the station to pick that up, 
by the some uh, control inside of you by faith it'll move you right into the cycle of God to the new birth and be born again then you'll always be in contact you hear that voice that'll always warn you when danger's along when things are wrong going wrong it'll always be a warning to you and then instead of someday being like that rich young boy that we're speaking of be a man like Apostle Peter Paul or somebody that won souls for Jesus Christ you do that kids can we pray Lord Jesus youth men and women for tomorrow if there is a tomorrow we must train them Lord we feel that burden to train them like there will be a tomorrow if there is not then today is the day and then Father we know that no one is accepted in your sight no flesh can glory no education although as good as these things may be no good works no religious institution no psychology no nothing can confirm God but the Holy Spirit he's the instrument God himself in the form of eternal life that can come to us as an individual we're thankful for this truly is expressed when Peter made the confession and Jesus said to him flesh and blood has not revealed this to you you never learned it in a seminary you never learned it in some school it's a personal thing something that each individual has to receive you said upon this rock I build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to overcome it we're thankful for that Lord that voice is still alive tonight and there are still posts outposts listening posts receiving stations of faith that can accept it we pray that each one of these children will receive that Lord in their hearts and remember that not what they do to be good but they God does not judge us by what we do but by what we have accepted we are saved by our faith and not in our works so we pray Heavenly Father that they'll catch the vision now and see and hear that great uh, eternal uh, invitation of come follow me may each one of them Lord turn aside from all the things of the world this mortal fringy life as they hear tonight in their golden blonde hair and some of them with their black hair and dark eyes and blue eyes and sitting in their very best of, uh, as they'll ever be and as a great writer said remember thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not nigh then thou shalt have no pleasure in them how Lord Jesus you said to Peter when you were young you got up and went where you wanted to but when you get old someone packs you where you would not go let them remember now is the day this is the time granted Father I claim every one of them for my own child here tonight to every child in here I feel that you've put in my hands to watch them I claim them all from Satan and from death to life in Jesus Christ Amen bless you kiddies really nice to say a few words to you I'll get back along with you fine kid appreciate you I pray the Lord bless you God bless you